Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, we are up to episode 16 of the podcast that helps people in commercial real estate achieve success more quickly. Firstly, today, I'd like to invite you to a webinar that I'm hosting on personal branding. If you are listening to this episode within one week of it being released, you will be able to join us live. Just visit CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast and click on the link that says join our live and free webinar, which is located beneath the podcast player under the list of episode transcripts. On to today's episode, it is an interview with Jeff Moxham, who is the principal of Ray White Commercial's Metropolitan Sydney office and leads their New South Wales business. Jeff started his career in advertising. He then worked in the family business, which was residential real estate for a few years before going back to advertising and then going to JLL and finally landing in his current position at Ray White. In our discussion, he'll be sharing some really great insights on what the commercial real estate sector can learn from residential agents in terms of how they invest in their own professional development to continually grow and put in place the systems needed to produce consistent results. I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of what Jeff has to say. If you do have a keen ear for audio engineering, you may notice that the audio quality on our podcast is not as good as it has been in the past. Truth be told, my new toy, my Blue Yeti microphone, which I've even shared in posts on LinkedIn and Instagram had to be returned because the headphone jack collapsed. Very sad to say that. As I'm in Melbourne as well, and of course, all non-essential retail has been closed since August, I bought that microphone online, so I've had to return it via courier, and I've ordered a new one online, and because the lockdown is still ongoing... I have to wait for it to arrive and it's not here right now. So hopefully it will be delivered before our next podcast, but please do accept my apologies. If you've noticed a bit of a backslide in audio quality, I can assure you it's only temporary. With that being said, it's the content which matters the most, I think. And we've got a fantastic interview with Jeff Moxham of Ray White Commercial to share with you in just 30 seconds. Join pioneering landlords and property managers using technology and data powered by the leader in commercial property management software, Released. Born in the cloud, Released gives you centralised management of your portfolio with instant access to client and lease information across property managers, landlords, accountants and tenants. With Released Smart Automation, managing single to large multi-tenanted properties with complex outgoings is a breeze, driving real-time insights so you can make proactive data-led decisions. Visit re-leased.com. To find out more. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Jeff, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Let's step into the virtual elevator for your elevator pitch. Jeff, who are you? Hi, Darren. My name's Jeff Moxham. I've got a commercial real estate business and uh, we sell commercial property around Sydney. Really, what we do is we create solutions for our clients and um, we create various selling solutions for them to dependent on what they're wanting to achieve. And I understand from uh, some of your content that I've seen online that you come from real estate stock. Can you tell me about how you were destined to be in real estate? Yes, I certainly can. Uh, my grandfather started a company called Moxham's Real Estate in Parramatta in the 1950s with my father. And uh, my father ran that for, for 40 years, or actually 45 years. 
it's not what I did when I left school. Um, I sort of went into the advertising industry when I left school and I, uh, I did that for seven years, did some overseas travels, came back, was wondering what I was going to do and decided to sort of help Dad out with some open houses one day and, um, yeah, absolutely loved it and got a sale and got a listing and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. And, uh, yeah, that was 23 years ago. We, uh, yeah, I went from, from residential 10 years running the family business to JLL for also about 10 years and now with Ray White Commercial I have my own business. So why did you decide to move into commercial real estate? At the time, I was actually going to take the family business over from Dad and um, we were, you know, doing the whole sort of discussion about taking, you know, the, uh, over time, taking over the rent roll, et cetera. And funnily enough, I actually had a, I had a big motorcycle accident in 2003 and um, I was a passenger and I got absolutely nailed and um, it took me quite a long time to recover, about a year or so, um, and I sort of was, I came back to work at, at Moxham's Real Estate for over that period and I had something in me just sort of changed and I, I I saw I just the seven days a week, which is really running a small real estate business, seven days a week is really, you know, a given a lot of the time. It was back then and it's really what I grew up, you know, seeing dad do for 40 years, very few holidays and very all-consuming. And I was, um, we were sort of, I, I, we got married, my, my wife and I got married and I just, didn't really see that as being, I just didn't want to have that sort of commitment, um, really starting, wanting to start a young family. And so I actually left real estate. I went back to advertising and quickly realised that that was definitely a young person's game. And I wasn't old. I was only in my early sort of 30s, I think, when I went back to that, but just missed property and was uh, was 18 months out and then um, ended up calling a couple of my old sort of contacts and um, uh, and it was uh, commercial and, yeah, it was great. I could get my real estate sort of fixed and have my weekends and it was perfect. Do you ever get on the back of a – or the front of a motorcycle now? <laughs> no, my wife won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you had eight years with JLL and then you moved over to Ray White. How did all that come about? So, yes, I was, um, yeah, very happy at Jones Lang, loved my time there, learnt a huge amount going from a small sort of residential agency to a big multinational commercial business, um, loved it, uh, was actually going to be there in my mind till I was sort of, you know, retiring and I, a colleague uh, that I knew in, said, look, come and have a chat to, to Dan White, they're going you know, to be interested in having a chat to you, um, they're keen to sort of ramp things up in their commercial business here in Sydney and take it up to the corporate level and and I, I literally remember I was like I, I wasn't really interested at all and I sort of I went along um look always always good to meet new people and certainly of someone of, of Dan's caliber I thought could can't can't hurt and yeah I sort of um left going wow um I, I didn't know too much about Ray White uh, and um I just look coming from a family real estate background really loved the whole fourth generation family business and ended up thinking, well, can't be a bad thing getting into bed with these people, sort of turning over more than $40 billion every year. And I was completely in awe of how they had created the business that they had and just going from strength to strength, just such massive market dominance. And I thought, well, done it in resi, you know, I'm sure we can uh, do it in commercial with them. So, um, yeah, we sort of caught it for about six months. And it was a risk at the time because I was sort of, going from the top of my perch and very comfortable and to, you know, to, to sort of basically 
take a new brand into the corporate space as such into the big end of town here in, in Sydney. And so it was a risk, but I just, it was my gut feeling. I just really got on well with Dan and I really like the family and they're just very, very good at what they do. And um, I thought, uh, let's give this a crack, but I, I just had a good, a good gut feeling about it and thought at the time, and it's been evident since then, the days of, you know, the, the big commercial sort of businesses being, you know, the, the big corporate publicly listed businesses being the only places to work and, 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 and do the big deals. I just, I sort of had a feeling that that, that, you know, that didn't have to be the way. And, you know, we've certainly proven that. And look, a number of a number of other similar sort of minded agents have actually gone out and started their own businesses as well. And it um, was the best decision I ever made. And it's been a wonderful six years. Well, that's great to hear. And I guess you've got the perspective now of having worked for JLL, who, who I did a decade with, and also a few years with CBRE. And uh, as someone who's worked for those bigger houses and, as you say, publicly listed companies that are more synonymous with commercial real estate. I'm wondering, what is it like, what are the pros and cons working under a brand that is more synonymous with residential real estate, but I guess with your unique remit as being someone who can really shape the commercial brand that um, Ray White is building up in New South Wales? Yes, very good question and very um, a very big topic. Um, and, and definitely in the early days, you know, if we're pitching on some of the bigger corporately owned real estate, there is a natural sort of way to other big publicly listed businesses. And um, I, I knew that would be the case. And it's certainly, it's definitely less and less now. And in particular in the development site space, we're absolutely up there with any of our competitors. Got great track record in that space with with some of Sydney's largest deals. It was It has been a journey. And I suppose like anything in this business, I think once you have track record and the, the, the comfort levels are there and there look there, there's certain clients that you know don't really care where you are you've got a relationship with them and they will just list with you and do business with you because they know how you operate and there but there are also businesses that you know require uh, a, a publicly listed business and, and see those businesses as somewhere that they need to go um, for you know for, for 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 certain reasons and I totally get that um I still feel that there's there's that's still changing though, and it's going to change more. And, and looking forward to that, and the market's really sort of opened up to that sort of mindset. But it, you know, it still it still is a, can be a challenge sometimes, and um, you know, nothing like a good challenge to overcome. Definitely. So, is is your goal in the sort of medium term to be competitive with those big name brands in the commercial real estate space that are selling trophy buildings in in the Sydney CBD? So we're definitely like we are absolutely all over and I consider ourselves on exactly the same level as, as our competitors in that space in, in certain areas of the industry, especially in the development side space. And my colleague, Peter Vines, who, who's come over from CBs to own and operate our Western Sydney office. I mean, he's just killing it, listing, you know, multiple large assets in air, in um, markets that we weren't really in, in the industrial space, in the commercial office space. Sydney CBD, we'd probably struggle at the moment because, we, again, we don't have some, we don't have an expert in that space, but that will come in time and, you know, look forward to that. And that is certainly not an area that we're focusing on at the moment, but we're sort of, you know, that's always, we're always working up towards things and it, it just takes the right person, really. You know, as you've seen with, with Inc, real estate, the guys at FCBs and, you know, work, that's all they did was in the big end of town and 
all the business followed them because they were the guys that had the relationships and did the business. Didn't matter that they were a big publicly listed firm. They did billions of dollars of transactions in their sort of first year, and um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a mindset sometimes, but you've you just got to have have the track record and have the people, and I think the business follows really. And I, I'm guessing that one of the benefits of being with Ray White is that you get, um, and, and for those who don't know of our listeners, Ray White is um, running a franchise model in Australia, is that you get to also own and operate a business that also has, a, if you like, an operational framework. Is that one of the attractions? Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the, that was one of the big attractions to me. I just, you know, I, I wanted to get back and to having skin in the game and owning a business and, um, it's really the you know that that comes with risk, obviously paying salaries and um, but that also come, it comes with with, with with risk. There's there's um, energy to you know gets you out of bed in the morning. Not that I ever had a problem doing that. I always sort of was a high achiever as such. But I think there's there's just so many benefits to it. And um, yeah, you know you're building an asset. You know extra super when you come to retire and whenever that may be. And you may not want to retire. It just gives you extra choices. You know to control your own destiny. And I think for me, like coming from residential and the days when residential was really starting to ramp up and agents were starting to have one and two assistants and and then obviously I went to the big end of town in the commercial space and I I think there's a lot of great things in residential that typically the commercial industry don't do and I just don't know why like a agents investing money in you know coaches and learning and courses and which is just massively prevalent in the high you know in the high achieving resi agents and it's just a whole lot of other things that I saw from the resi business that typically not in commercial, that I saw this opportunity as just a really great blank canvas to, I mean, I call it I'm resifying a commercial business. Like you see some of these wonderful businesses here in Ray White have got many of them, 20, 30, 40 residential salespeople and the business can forecast a year ahead how many listings, they get, how many pitches they're going to do, how many phone calls they're going to make, how many they're going to win, how many they're going to sell. Like it's just data sort of on steroids and I think um, that's sort of one of the benefits of having your own business is you can really create exactly what you want and that's been massively attractive for me on many fronts. I think you've touched on a couple of interesting points there. One is just how the commercial real estate industry is underutilizing data and technology, even though prop tech is such a, a buzzword in the industry right now. And another thing I think is interesting about residential is I think a lot of people in commercial real estate sometimes sort of turn up their noses at residential real estate as if, you know, they're just running around dealing with emotional people and up here in the commercial, we're doing the big deals and we're the serious players. But actually you think that there's a lot that can be learned from the residential sector in terms of how we approach business. hundred percent. Like pro rata, there's far more regular high earning residential real estate agents like with consistency, which is the real key. Like everyone can have a big month and the key is keeping it going for year and year and growing and growing. Like I reckon I, I would I would imagine there's far more residential agents pro rata versus commercial that have that success and have that mindset and that are just obsessed with doing it like just with growth and and just everything that comes with that in terms of lifestyle and just getting up early and learning. And, and I just love that about the residents because you're born into it 
on 30 grand. Like when I started, it was, I think the award was 25 or 30 grand. Like you can't live on that in Sydney. So it's, you're out there, you're, you're knocking on doors at night in the morning. I remember getting to work at Moxman's Real Estate. I, I'd get there, it was dark and, you know, we had this very old printer and I had to get in there really, really early to print off all my canvassing letters to go and literally put them in the letterboxes before the day started and that, that sort of stuff. And I think that's why I love having ex-residential agents in commercial because, you know, they've been successful, they've worked hard and they know they've seen what it takes to be successful. And I think that's a big difference in commercial is a lot of there's, there's, there's not as many agents in commercial that have that mindset. And I think the salaries are higher, for one, which is a big thing. Some big changes in that space recently and during COVID. And I'm curious as to whether those sal- salaries will come back. And I think, you know, it's just a human nature. If, if you're getting the salary and you can survive on that, then and you're happy to, and that's all good. And look, respect, if that's that's works, awesome. But if you... You know, if you're not earning the salary and you do want more, then in residential, you've got no choice. You've just got to get amongst it. Yeah, I think one thing as well that's going to help facilitate the change that's required, or at least some of the change that you're advocating, is leadership. And I know from previous discussions with you that leadership is something that you're very passionate about. How do you think our industry does relative to others when it comes to making leadership a core competency? Looking back, look, I find in in commercial and in particular in, in some of the bigger businesses is a lot of the leaders become leaders because they're high fee earners. And, you know, they're fantastic salespeople and fantastic at what they do. Not a lot of the time necessarily, A, most importantly, passionate about and interested in leading and creating a team, but B, the industry typically doesn't remunerate the leaders as well as I think they should. So there's a natural, and they still need to punt and earn and, you know, so it's, there's a natural progression to look, I'll look after, obviously, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to get, got to get deals. I've got to feed my family. I've got to do what I've got to do. And then I'll, you know, I'll spend time on the team when I can, and if I can, whereas, and you come, I went coming here, for example, to Ray White, one thing that was really, really different and being a franchise or the mindset's all about giving value. And there's, there's a whole team of leaders that are some of the most smartest people I've come across and that have been with, you know, Brian White for like 20 and 30 years. And their role solely is to, to teach, to, you know, to sit down with all of the lead players and say, well, how can we, how can we help you do better next year? You know, do you want to put on an assistant? How can we help you do that? It's all about giving value and naturally that helps them. Very different to the typical commercial business where it's, you know, that the, there's not, if any, too many positions of those where their pure role is really to help the teams grow help the teams learn, help the teams. I think that's a big difference in commercial to also also to residential in the big in the big offices where they'll have people specifically focused on growth, training. And and I get it, smaller businesses, you can't afford to have people like that. Like my business, it's you know, I do a bit of everything, but I, I do love all of it. But I think um, getting back to, to your question, I think the residential side of things Again, like any good business, I suppose, in any industry, uh, they're the really, really good ones. They've just got a massive program for growth, training. It's just all about the people. And I, I think that is something that can 
change in if that has some room to grow in commercial. Yeah, I hear that. And I one thing I was thinking of while you were um, sharing your thoughts was I think that sometimes in commercial real estate, there's a thought, well, you know, how is that person funded? If they're not doing deals, then they're not sort of paying for their seat. But a way to think of it could be like a leadership dividend, which is if we have a really good leadership, then everyone else is going to be performing better and it's going to be funded through the overall, you know, the, the, the tide lifting all boats, so to speak. Yeah, that's it. And I do look... I, I, I do know that some of the, our competitors do have sort of programs like that. I think, um, yeah, I think generally the leadership in true, in the true sense of the word is, yeah, is very different in the commercial industry versus some of the top residential businesses, that, that's for sure. I, I think one thing to, to give credit to leaders in our space is that managing some of the big personalities and even bigger egos in commercial real estate can't be easy. So (laughs) what do you think a leader needs to specifically do in in commercial real estate to bring out the best in their people? I think in real estate in general, we're all super egoic creatures uh, (laughs) and we all want to win. We all want to do the big deals and it's all about, you know, us. (laughs) Um, I think that's residential and commercial. I think there's the uh, that that's for sure. I think that's like any salesperson. My answer is probably a generic answer for. I don't think it's specific to commercial real estate. Really, I think look just genuinely investing in your team and really genuinely wanting to. Um, that's the great thing about being a business owner. What I love is that I like I, I enjoy hiring new people, I enjoy growing people, in particular young people, but it's also of great benefit to me too. So it, it, that's what another great thing about being a, a business owner is it sort of makes it, the whole process easier. I think, look, just uh, genuinely being interested in the person, the individual people and what's going on in their lives, what goals do they have, how can you help them reach those goals personally and professionally, culture is just massive encouraging great top culture we've only got a small team but it's very important we're all personally connected you know not like hanging out with each other on you know all weekend and that sort of stuff but I, I i think it's no different in our industry to any industry and getting the best out of people is just un, is, i think knowing your people and knowing that them knowing that you do care about them and it's not just words but actions i think you know rewards programs for the non commission earning people very important like we're all you know human nature we all want to earn and we all want to be rewarded having reasonable targets for non-commission earning roles to you know reasonable targets for them to hit and for them to be rewarded and team-based rewards just massive you know agents yes we all earn commission and that's what we're focused on but having some sort of team-based rewards and, and that sort of thing I think is works really well. Jeff, let's move on to the topic of success. And I'd like to ask you, what's something that you're consciously focused on that contributes to your own personal success? For me, the biggest thing I focus on is my sort of routine outside of work. Personally, really like my morning, just, I suppose, just looking after my, I mean, I'm 48. I certainly have, I haven't always been this focused on looking after myself, but when I get to work every day, I just want to be absolute best. And if I'm at my best, I can handle any situation, be it difficult clients, unreasonable people, all of which we deal with on a daily basis. I think it's being healthy, it's exercise. I meditate every day. 
Um, that's my morning routine. It's very specific. And I, I try not to have any appointments before 10 o'clock because I get all my important negotiations and vendor calls and everything out of the way, which frees my mind up for the rest of the day to just, you know, jump from meeting to meeting. And then also I try not to have appointments past four o'clock because I then return messages and that means and then I get home feeling like I've got a whole lot of things that I've not done. But massively for me is just health and well-being, which then allows me to be the best I can be at work. How long have you been meditating for? Um, probably about 10 or 15 years, but I sort of didn't, probably yeah, probably more than 10 years now, but I, and I sort of stumbled across it and then I sort of didn't do it for a long time and I sort of got really back into it in the last two years and um, yeah, just love it, love it, love it. I wish I could do it more, but um, it's very important for me. Yeah, it's just very beneficial. Let's talk about personal branding. You're quite active on LinkedIn when it comes to sharing content, but also in terms of engaging with other people's posts and just being visible in general. What's your strategy there? I think I've really got into social media. I'm probably a bit late, actually, compared to some of my my colleagues, um, Joey Asaf and Peter Vines. And uh, really, I sort of have learned from them, actually, how important it is. And I've gone sort of all out and engaged. I've got an external company that helps me creating good content and, and steering and, and doing the, the actual physical posting and putting all the hashtags in and I sort of then engage with my my sort of my crowd out there and, um, and, and you know liking and commenting and all that sort of stuff and I think if you're not I personally think social media is just massively important and it's another area of commercial that typically are, are, are well behind than the good residential agents I've spent money on it and I think it's hugely important but I think what was very important for me was I didn't want to be doing more than just I've sold this and I've listed this but hopefully having content that is people can are interested in like I do an interview once a month with different people in the industry and you know put up some things that I've learned from I read a book each or listen to a book each month I try to have content that's engaging and that is actually of interest and you know like engaging with other people's content is I think it's important because as an engager and a user of social media, you know the importance of it and you like it when people engage with you. So it's sort of try and do the same in return. The last question here would be to tell me about the interviews. I think it's called Jeff Moxham Interviews, right? The interview series you've got. What's, yes. what's going on with that? Yeah, so I just, um, it was a suggestion actually from a, a, a company that was doing some social media things for me, just um, interviewing people, you know, interesting topics, in the industry and um, just putting it out to our database and to the social media. And I get lots of comments on it, actually. People that I run into that it's, it's so funny that you haven't spoken to for a long time. One client, eight years, I hadn't spoken to him. And he said, I really love all of the stuff that you've been posting. And it's sort of, it's like you're staying in touch because you can't, you can't have deep relationships with absolutely everyone that you would like to. So it's just another way of staying in contact and, I've just had some great feedback from it. So it's ideally trying to be sort of engaging and of interest to people. So you're giving something of value like yourself, actually, Darren, like what you're doing. Thank you. I think it's um, a good way to sort of leverage your time because you can get in front of so many more people. And to your point of people coming up to you and saying, hey, I like what you're doing, I think there are a lot of lurkers, not likers. So people that are looking but not actually clicking like. So you're probably making a bigger impact than you realise when you are putting that sort of stuff out there. Well, same to, you, same to you as well. Like, yeah, it is. That's the key. You don't know how many people you are actually reaching. And it's just, 
I think it's absolutely gold. Jeff, it's been uh, great hearing about your your background in real estate, your focus on leadership and your overall commitment to help elevate our industry. I'd like to say a big thank you for joining us on CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you very much. And mate, great to see what you're doing. I have great, take my hat off to other people that are giving something a crack. Also, you're from the corporate side of things and yeah, good on you. Anything, any way I can help, I'm passionate about the subject. So let me know whatever else, um, you know, how, how we can help. Will do. Thank you, mate. All right. Good one. Thank you, Darren. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thanks very much, Jeff, for being our guest on today's episode of CRE Success, the podcast. If you want to get an idea of the type of content he shares on his social media channels, you can check out the links to his profile in the show notes for this episode. A reminder to go and check out our back catalogue of episodes as well. There are now 15 past interviews with commercial real estate professionals who are all high achievers and leaders in their chosen specialty. Of course, we still have more to come this season as well, including an industrial specialist. We haven't done industrial yet, so looking forward to presenting that interview to you very, very soon. That's all I've got for you this week, though. Thanks for listening, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. I recently visited one of Hub Australia's beautiful workspaces in Melbourne. Hub is Australia's homegrown premium flexible workspace operator with over 3,000 members across Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide. They offer great membership benefits like in-house cafes, exercise studios and stylish end-of-trip facilities, as well as workspace solutions for businesses of all sizes, from freelancers to large corporate teams who have made the upgrade to flexible workspaces. If you want to learn more about Hub Australia, visit Hub Australia. Australia.com.